It's a very common question for us. How do you plan Fishful Thinker television? Well, we're going to talk about that and more on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Appreciate you tuning in once again to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Of course, geared up every week by our friends at Sportsman's Warehouse. This particular podcast is going to be a little bit more lighthearted than some of our other ones because I just got back from, from a grand opening of a brand new Sportsman's Warehouse store. I believe it's store number 132 in the, uh, in the chain now. Uh, I was over in Montrose, Colorado with the grand opening and I had two different people within the span of about an hour wanted to know how they get us to come to their area to film. And it occurred to me, one of the conversations kind of grew into a little bit deeper conversation and it occurred to me that the background of how we plan our show um, would be something that maybe some other folks would be interested in. And the, 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 the really root reason for that is this. I get almost invariably, every time we put a new television show on the air, somebody says, oh, another trout fishing show, I wish you did more bass fishing. Then I put a bass fishing show on and somebody else says, oh man, I can't believe you did another bass show. I wish you did some walleye fishing, you know, and then we do a walleye fishing show and the next guy says, well, that's great, but I don't have a boat. Why don't you do walleye fishing from the bank? And my point being is this, I cannot accommodate everybody's desires of what they want to see out of a television show on, in, a, in a 13 uh, show season. It just can't happen. So we kind of have to mix it up use our best guess based on the bulk of the requests we get or we don't get. And like I said, it's it's never, for, for every complaint we get, we get a compliment and vice versa. Uh, and so I have to kind of hedge myself on that and look for some congruency. So one of the things that I will look at is if we get a consistent question about any one thing, whether it be a technique or a fish or a lake or river, or anything along those lines, a lure even, uh, you know, lots of questions about a specific genre of lure. I will address those in a television show when I get several of the same uh, comments or requests. That, that will generally get onto my radar screen and make a list. And it's about this time of year, this is being recorded in the middle of November, it's about this time of year that I start compiling all of our travel and our, and our basically content lists for next year. And I need to produce 13 television shows for the first quarter of the year, 13 for the third quarter of the year. So that's 26 different things I need to plan. And so we'll start doing those well in advance. And part of it, we'll start with looking back at what we did this year and say, okay, well, this year, you know, we did a higher percentage than normal of trout fishing shows. So we're going to maybe do a few more walleye shows this coming year or whatever the case might be. So I try to even our footage out so that we cover as many of your bases, your being licensed anglers that watch us all over the country, as many of your bases as possible. So that's one of the things we do. So we'll start with a short list, or a long list, I should say, maybe of 20, 25 ideas. Before it's over with, we'll whittle that down to 13 ideas, and that's what we'll actually put on the books. And then we'll start the process of planning all of those things. So, <clears throat> excuse me, 
And by the way, I want to point out, guys, if you're a longtime listener of our podcast, you know I'm six or seven weeks in of fighting voice issues. I'm still fighting them, so I appreciate you hanging in here. Uh, it has to do with the fact that, that I got mononucleosis and my voice got all out of whack and I'm still healing up from it. And uh, you're not supposed to get mono when you're in your 50s, but apparently you can and I got it and it hasn't helped me any as a talking head. So thanks for putting up with my voice. But back to, back to my scenario here. Uh, when we start looking at filming all of these different shows, it, it, it's a little bit daunting at first, and it's not daunting at, at other times because depending on what it is that I'm trying to work out, let's say it's a, a species of fish. I've gotten a bunch of requests for more, say, just randomly. I'm going to pick one, say, walleye fishing. and We want to see more walleye fishing. Well, then I'll start saying, okay, I'm going to look at maybe a bunch of possibilities of walleye places we could go. And obviously there's a slew of them. But if I know that I'm going to go do a walleye-specific show, if at all possible, I'm going to go to a place that's got really high numbers of walleyes in it, for instance. I'm not going to go to a place just because it's convenient or I might be there or something like that. If I need a walleye fishing show, then I need to go where there's lots of walleyes in the same way that they schedule bass tournaments around good lakes at good times of year. So if I need a walleye show, I'm most likely going to schedule that show at a good time of year and a really good walleye fishing lake. If, let's say I need a lure-type show, uh, say somebody wants to know or I get a bunch of emails about people about fishing blade baits, well, rather than a lake that's for a given species, I'm going to go to a lake that's got good structure for fishing blade baits, for instance. So that's going to be something that's got a bunch of offshore structure, preferably something not too snaggy and uh, definitely with not too much weed growth. And I'm going to look at all those nuances and say, yeah, this would be a good place to put a blade bait in, in place. So let's go there and plan that. Uh, others are going to be about a lake. I keep hearing this lake, oh, man, I got this place in Kansas. It's really good. And, oh, geez, it's a good lake. So we will plan that. At that time, those are the more flexible ones because if a lake's only good at a certain time of year or something, then I'll specifically plan it around that time of year. And the classic example of that being uh, water levels dropping too much. So I don't want to go to a, say, this lake in Kansas that I keep getting these emails about in August when the water's too low to get on the boat ramp. It's probably going to be a spring thing when the water's up, and that's the way Kansas lakes tend to be. And I'll plan it accordingly. Uh, others might be uh, a famous, say, a trout lake, a lake that's known for its brown trout. Well, geez, I might fish that one in fall when brown trout are more easy to target and when they're really pretty and all colored up and they have their kipes on their jaws and everybody's happy to see them. So again, when I plan my trips may or how I plan my trips will, dic will be dictated more by the content I'm hoping to gain when I get there. Sometimes we don't have a plan at all and we just happen to be in the area and decide to film. And those are my favorite, to be honest with you. Those are the ones as a show host and as an angler that I dearly love. Classic ones, um, we did a little lake uh, two years ago in western, uh, was it Kansas, Nebraska? I think western Kansas. We're just driving down a two-lane road uh, headed across Kansas, avoiding the interstate, which I'm known to do is avoid interstates in most of my travels. Driving down a two-lane road, see a sign. All it says is lake and points a brown 
Kansas Parks and Wildlife sign uh, pointing off to the to the north. It says, you know, such and such lake. And I'm not going to name it because it's a small lake, and I don't want you people to be mad that I blew up your little lake. So I filmed there, but I didn't tell you where we were. Uh, I, we see the sign. Camera guy's like, I wonder what that lake's all about. And I look up, and I'm like, well, okay, we got about four hours of daylight. Let's see if we can go get something knocked out in three hours. All right, perfect. So we turn down that road. We show up at the lake. Turns out it's a perfect little lake, about six or seven acres. Nobody's there. Perfect boat ramp. Uh, man, this could be fun. Put the put the boat in the water. Three hours later, we got an excellent television show. I'm invigorated because I had to go figure this little lake out in a hurry. Camera guy's invigorated because we made a whim decision and it paid off handsomely. And we caught all kinds of quality fish and we're ahead of the schedule. So it's a kind of a win-win scenario and kind of a fun, you know, a fun way for us to go get content. And I'm a big believer in doing that, just for the record, just going to a lake on a total whim and seeing what you can catch, especially when you're on the clock, because then you're motivated to really figure it out. And <coughs> excuse me, guys, and in that scenario, I was very motivated to get it worked out. We had a place we were going. But we had a couple hours because we weren't going to have enough time to get all the way there. So we just stopped and filmed to see what we could get. Another time similar to that, we were going up to Glendo, Wyoming. And we could see the Thunderheads coming. It was in the morning. We could see the Thunderheads. I was like, by the time we actually get to Glendo, we are going to be in, in trouble for the weather. and We're not going to be able to film. And so we decided to lay up at a lake that was closer and along the way and I had never been there. So we put the boat in water. We go run around. This time it's a full-size reservoir. Figure out right away I could catch some smallmouth bass using some really basic stuff. And I went to town on the smallmouth bass and uh, ended up with an excellent show. That's gone on to be one of my favorite places to fish, not too far from from Glendo. And it's a place that's not even on most people's radar screen. So it was a fun, you know, a fun band-aid. So some of our shows come about like that. Others of our shows come about by places that Tim and I just want to visit, and that's just all there is to it. I mean, camera guy Tim is is one of my closest friends, and he's filmed all but, I think, three or four of the 330-plus episodes we've ever filmed. The reason he didn't film those is he wasn't available. I think one was a wedding. One, I want to say, was a birth of his child. I can't remember for sure. Uh, but at any rate, he's there. If at all possible, Camera Guy Tim films everything we do. There's been a couple where he wasn't with me um, or couldn't go, but otherwise he films everything we do. Just for the record, Melissa Rosner uh, does all the post-production of everything we do. I sit in on the editing to ensure the content is is how I want it to be because at the end of the day, Melissa's not a fisherman. She's a video editor. I'm a fisherman, but not a video editor. So we put the two together, and then you have content that appeases fishermen and a format that that people that you guys can watch comfortably without me editing, which you don't want to see me editing. So that's how it goes. So sometimes Tim and I just want to go somewhere, and we want to film when we get there because it's just fun for our own memory. So... This year we went to Alaska. It was Tim's 50th birthday. 
he wanted to go somewhere really cool for his birthday and, and, and kind of a, a, a trip for us together to go film. So we went up to Alaska and filmed it at Alaskan Adventures on the Holitna River. Um, you guys, if you're fans of the show, will know I went there once before. Tim was not with me because I went accompanying as a guest of somebody else and they filmed uh, for their own content and I used some of it to film for my own show as well. In this case, I wanted Tim to go back because he wanted to go to Alaska, so we went up there and we filmed. Another example of that's the Florida Keys. He wanted to go to the Florida Keys and I've spent a lot of time down there. And so, yeah, guess what? We're going to go to the Keys, only we're going to make it a work trip. We're going to do some filming while we're there and, uh, and make it a little bit of a work trip as well. In both of those scenarios, we were in town for maybe six, seven days, whether it be the Keys or Alaska or Minnesota, a similar scenario there. Um, when we went up there, it's a matter of we want to go have a good time. So we'll film for two or three days, and then we'll fun fish for two or three days, and then you have your travel days. So we kind of hedge ourselves going that, going that route, and that's a very common way for us to come up with, with content. Um, as I said in the beginning, a lot of our content ideas come from from view from you guys where you're like, hey, you know, this lake is such and such lake has been really good, you know, uh, we'd love to see you there. Or more commonly, this lake's been horrible, I can't catch any fish there, um, you know, can you go there and give us some rundown on how to catch fish? Uh, and some of it comes down to you guys wanting to know about a specific lure or a specific fish, as I was saying. So in, in those scenarios, we pick our places accordingly. But at the end of the day, once we've got a list of shows we want to do, our list of destinations we want to go to, then we will sit down with the calendar and start putting them on the books. And the part that most people don't realize is that I'm very lunar-oriented, let's just say. So when we get ready to plan... All of our filming is planned on either full moons, dark moons, or half moons. Uh, we don't go, I don't go attempt to catch fish on horrible moon phases, not on the clock anyway. I might go do that for fun because I'm a glutton for punishment, but at the end of the day, if, I, if I'm trying to create television content, I want to give myself the best opportunity I can, and that's going to be on the dark moon, the full moon, or the half moon, and that can be very, very important. So we'll mark those on the calendar and say, okay, all the spring ones, we might need to go to lakes that are going to have maybe falling water levels, or maybe it's around a breeding season of a specific fish. Maybe it's around ice out or ice in. Uh, so I'll look at the two months that are available for that and whatever region it is we're talking about filming. Maybe it has to do with something like uh, a spawning bait fish run. For instance, the mullet run in Florida, that can be a big one. Or, and this is one of my favorite of all, and you guys have seen it a bajillion times on Fishful Tanker without probably realizing it, is we fish the shad spawn. So we will follow the shad spawn around the country depending on where we are. And whenever the shad are going to spawn in the spring of the year, we're going to try to time visits to those lakes with those spawns. So the shad will spawn on the moon phases, so we can use the moon phase coupled with the, with the time of year, the season of the year, typically around May, in the, at least here in the West. 
and we'll schedule our trips that way. So again, we're using uh, two different factors to uh, decide when our timing is going to be. If we're talking about a lure type presentation, a lure type show, in other words, a whole show about a specific genre of lures, we might actually time that around a lake or a, or a season when the lure is good, but have no key on the fish at all. So for instance, if I want to film a jerkbait show, I'm just going to film it when I know there's a bunch of fish shallow. I'm not going to do it when, in the middle of summer when there's not a bunch of, of, of fish up shallow. It's not that they won't bite a jerkbait in the middle of summer. Of course they will. But if they're too deep uh, because of summer you know, lake patterns, well, then I don't want to do that. Conversely, it doesn't matter if I'm talking trout, walleyes, bass, wipers, you know, white bass, there's a whole bunch of them are going to be shallow in the spring and fall of the year, and I can catch them more easily with a jerkbait. So if I'm going to film, conversely, a, a, a drop shot show, well, I'm going to film that in the summertime when I've got a bunch of deep fish that I can sit on top of and drop baits on. So the timing of the shows that we film will be dictated by either the species or the genre of lure or whatever, you know, as far as that goes. <clears throat> Another thing to keep in mind for us here at Fishful Thinkers, we only film on public water. We don't film on private water. And uh, there's been a couple of exceptions, just like any other rule uh, over the 330 plus episodes. But at the end of the day, we film on public water. So I need to film... Uh, everything on weekdays and and we get a very it's very common for us to get emails this is a big one well, what did you do close the lake so you could go film there wasn't anybody in the background shots no we film Tuesday Wednesdays and Thursdays it's it's rare that we even film on Mondays or Fridays and it's almost never that we film on a weekend unless we absolutely have to or we're in the middle of nowhere uh, where, where crowding is not going to be an issue at all. Uh, for the most part, we film everything on Tuesday, Wednesdays, or Thursdays as close as that can be to whatever moon phase it is. So in other words, if, if the full moon's on Monday, I might film you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but I'm not going to film the Sunday prior because there's too many people on the lake. Uh, same same kind of thing. I'm going to be as close to my moon phase as I can without dealing with, uh, you know, the crowds of people at the lake. And the only reason I don't film in crowds has nothing to do with me being concerned with catching fish during crowds. Typically speaking, we can. The hard part is the, the lakes tend to be busy in terms of wave action, things like that. It makes for hard to film when your boat's rocking up and down a whole bunch and you're making viewers at home sick. So we don't want that, that going on any more than, than absolutely has to be the case. The other thing is we will get hecklers commonly. Uh, when they see camera gear, camera gear in the boat, we'll get hecklers. People want to drive by with either extra loud music or they want to yell something fun and blah, 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 and that's no good. Now, occasionally we will get visitors, and that's a different story than a heckler, somebody that's a fan, and they'll just sit around and, and watch us film, that's fine, or even come and say hi, that's fine. Uh, but we've been flashed uh, with topless women. We've had uh, all sorts of obscenities yelled at us for filming on certain lakes. We've also had giant thank yous and just drunk people and everything in between. So when you've got a big, obvious camera in a boat on a public lake on a Saturday, you're going to run into all kinds of stuff. So we fish during the week. And just for the record, I recommend, if at all possible, that you fish during the week as well when you can 
because you'll find out the experience is completely different and, uh, and in most cases it's a little bit more serene, which is fine with me. So we film almost always during the week. The, the question, another question that comes up a lot is when do you use a guide? Sometimes I use a guide and sometimes I don't. And usually when we, want it, when we need a guide, it's because I need their boat. That's the first one. Uh, it could be that I need their boat. And that means either I don't want to pull my boat that far or which could be something like when we go to South Florida, okay? I could pull my boat down there and use it, but you're talking about a 2,000 mile each way pull, and that's a lot, as opposed to flying down there and jumping in somebody else's boat, as the case might be. Uh, another one would be a specialized boat. So a drift boat in the river or a walleye boat set up for trolling, which I don't troll in my own fun angling, so to speak, or my own guiding, so I don't have a boat set up for trolling. So whether or not I have the knowledge to troll is not relevant. What is relevant is I don't have the boat set up, so I need to use somebody else's boat. So I'll typically use a friend or a guide in that scenario. Uh, in some cases, it's because I need their permit. And the permitting thing is kind of an area that... It, the, the more time is going on, the more it gets frustrating for me because there's a bajillion YouTubers out there these days and YouTubers are filming all over the place and no one's checking them for permits. But as soon as you put it on TV, it's a different story altogether. And that has been something we've had issues with. Uh, never mind that YouTube channels are done for money. Uh, people are monetizing them without question. Uh, the fact that they're filming for profit is not even gray. Of course they are. That's why they're selling, you know, sponsored stuff on their YouTube channel or ad space on their YouTube channel. No different than I do on TV. The permitting can be can be tricky. And in a lot of cases, guides have the permits. The, the permit that allows them to guide allows them to also do marketing materials and things like that. So we do basically uh, infomercials for guides. So some classic ones are typically federal waters on those uh, where we can't get a permit from the feds to film. But if you're already permitted to guide there, then, uh, then you can do other things for profit, one of which would be shoot television. So we will do that. Uh, another possibility of needing the guide is just flat out the, the obvious one, and that is I need their brains. It's not a technique or a location or something that I'm confident enough in that I can relay it to you effectively. So I'll take a guide that's better at that than me uh, or that's really tuned into something. So <clears throat> you'll notice we use a lot of times the same guides over and over again. Um, in those scenarios, for instance, uh, Austin Parr, you've seen Austin Parr on the show a bunch. It's typically because he's got a specific bite dialed in and we know we can show up, jump in his boat and knock a really good TV show out because he's got something dialed in that he's good at, that he's, that he's tuned up with all the way around and that is worth teaching you guys. So we'll, we'll use the same guy for a lot of scenarios like that. Other times we'll use a guide that's one and done uh, just because he happens to be in an area we want to be. And therefore, we need uh, need his, his services from there. But uh, a lot of the shows, if I feel like I can get my boat there cost effectively, if I need a boat at all, A. B, um, that I can communicate the information clearly, meaning that I understand it enough to communicate whatever information it is clearly, uh, then, then I will rather not use a guide. I would rather just film with myself in that regard because... I feel like in a lot of cases, 
we, uh, I'm in my element the most if, I'm, if all of it's on my shoulders. And, and I want to point out some props to Tim Farnsworth, cameraman Tim. It is very rare that he and I film just solo together, which we do almost all the time. It is very rare that I work out the nuances of fishing uh, on my own. Typically speaking, I will talk stuff through with him all the way through a day's fishing, uh, bounce ideas off him. He'll bounce ideas off me. Uh, he'll observe something that I won't observe or vice versa, and therefore we'll make changes accordingly. So it's a very much a team effort to, to figure out the fishing, even though I'm the one that shows up on the front of the camera. And I want to point out the only difference between me and a whole bunch of other anglers out there that don't host TV shows is I can fish and talk at the same time, and that's about it. Uh, there's a lot of guys that catch more fish than me, and there's a lot of guys that are probably better at hosting TV shows than me. But I can do both at the same time. I'm just lucky in that regard that that my brain lets me fish and focus on fishing and talk at the same time. And if you watch the show very much, you'll notice a lot of people, as soon as I ask them a question, will stop fishing to talk. And... Uh, it, it always makes me laugh because basically it, it's an illustration of the fact that it really requires focus to fish. And when I'm talking to the camera, you'll notice I make a lot more fishing mistakes, but at least I'm in the ballpark and I can get away with doing both. So that's the only difference between me and a lot of other people is I can talk and fish at the same time and, uh, and not break my concentration. And that's a, a key thing. But it, it, like I said, it doesn't mean I'm a better angler. It just means that I can talk. And Tim is a strong angler, same as a lot of you, and he will notice things that I don't or vice versa, and he will help me work out the fishing. So if it's if I don't have a guide, and that's a, particularly if it's a place I haven't been, Tim and I will work the fishing out together even though I'm the guy on the rod and uh, and, and in front of the camera. So that's, that's how that kind of goes together. And at the end of the day, we fish for what's biting. So we might just show up someplace we don't really know a whole lot about and just on a whim and say, let's just go fishing, see what happens, see what we come up with for the day. And those are fun days. I love doing them. Usually that happens when something got canceled. We had a guide set up for somewhere on such and such moon phase and the moon and stars are lining up. Guide gets canceled or we get delayed or whatever the case might be. We'll just go film anyway because we've got it on the books and we'll just pick something random and go do it. Those are some of my favorites. Um, again, if you're, if you're sensing out of this, I like to fish by the seat of my pants, you are correct. I would far rather go do something I know very little about or, or to a lake I know very little about uh, or a place I haven't been in a long time uh, or go somewhere and target some species I'm not typically that comfortable with, those are what motivate me these days to go fish. And therefore, I think they make some of the best television shows. But uh, it still comes down to you guys. And when I say that, it's the information you send back to us that lets me know what we need to do. Do we need more specific shows about walleye or bass or sharks or whatever kind of fish it is you like? Or do we need more technique shows? You know, more shows specific about how to how to drop shot fish or how to, you know, whatever the case might be, how we topwater fish, whatever. 
Uh, or do we just need to visit more locations, uh, more of a destination type show? We can do any or all of the above. And it's the feedback we get from you guys that will then slowly work its way into our system to where it makes it on the long list, then it makes it to the short list, then it makes it on the calendar, and then the following year it makes it on television shows. So typically speaking, we're at least six months behind uh, and then we try to be as timely as possible. So if I film a show that's very specific to spring fishing, I'd rather air it in early spring when you can apply it right then as opposed to filming something in November and then putting it on you know, TV in January when it's going to be 10 months out before it goes back to being time relevant. So we try to be as relevant as possible in that regard as far as the timing that they're going to air as well. So we're always at least about six months in advance. And uh, so if you do see or think of something that you'd like us to film, give us plenty of time and we'll see if we can get it on the air. So I know that's been kind of a random podcast today, guys, about the, the hows and whys of Fishful Thinker. But at the end of the day, we really don't have a giant set way we do it. We do it a little bit different depending on what pops into our brains. It's Tim and I working together and then Melissa turning the knobs at the end to make it look right. But at the end of the day, it's two guys that like to fish and have been doing it for a really long time. And we want to educate you on public water stuff. That's it. That's We have no other agenda, uh, but that's what we want to do. If we can educate you and entertain you a little bit, then we've done something and uh, motivate you to fish more. We feel pretty good about that. So keep the ideas coming, guys. Let us know what species you want to see, what what uh, lures, what genres you want to see, or what concepts you want to see, or just places you want us to go, or places you either want to share, or places that are kicking your butt, and you want us to see if we can find the right experts and figure it out for you. So we appreciate you very much tuning in to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. As always, we hope you'll hit the subscribe button while you're here. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram, and especially on YouTube at Fishful Thinker. We'd appreciate that very much. Otherwise, we hope you'll tune in, and we'll see you next week on Altitude Sports on World Fishing Network.